Okay. This morning I just want to share on perseverance. And uh, it's something that I've really got to know in my journey. Um, as a feral jogger, who used to uh, run cross country up around the hill, you learned what perseverance was. Especially when you're about, for me, it was around the three or four kilometre mark and you see we used to start on top of the hill which means you run down for the first three kilometres and then you've got to turn around and run back up. And, um, and so about that halfway mark when you just see that hill in front of you you think, oh my gosh, I've got to get to the top of that hill. And that's where perseverance kicks in. Now some people might call it stubbornness but let's, uh, let's put a positive spin on that and call it perseverance, alright? So if you've been called a stubborn person, well guess what? You can turn that into perseverance and uh, be blessed by it. But you know, we live in a world that is full of trouble. And uh, John 16.33 records these words of Jesus. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. Amen. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Now there's many ways that we can find ourselves in hardship and trouble. The first past troubles included things like world wars. There was uh, rationing due to wars. There was pestilence. There was drought and 101 other things that created hardship and trouble. In our generation we've seen hardships like terrorism, uh, bushfires, volatile economic markets, floods, and this demonic pandemic have all brought us trouble. These troubles are not of our making, yet we are affected by them. The second way we encounter trouble is that it is unique to those that follow Jesus. So if you are a follower of Jesus, you will encounter trouble in an unbelieving world. This would include ridicule, harassment and persecution. Although in Australia I don't think we fully appreciate what that looks like. Um, our brothers and sisters around the world face this in greater, uh, greater quantity. I'd just like to read one account to help us appreciate and understand the freedom we have in this country as a believer in Jesus Christ and be appreciative and give thanks to God for this country that we live in. Um, let me read this testimony. A Christian community in India's, uh, I've got to say his name right, Chattisgarth state was brutally attacked by a mob of radical Hindu nationalists over the weekend. The attack left nine Christians seriously injured, including three who were hospitalised in a critical condition. On Saturday the 6th of November, a mob of 50 radical Hindu nationalists attacked 14 Christian homes in Matapal village, located in the Dantawada district. The mob went from house to house attacking Christians to make Matapal a Christian-free village. Using their fists, wooden clubs and other objects, and the extremists beat the Christians of Metapal, including women and children. The attack left nine Christians seriously injured with broken bones, dislocated joints and head injuries. Pastor Sushil Kumar, a survivor of the attack, said, 
He suffered multiple fractures to his legs and a hand. No arrests have been made to date. Across India, attacks on Christians and their places of worship are being reported in greater number and severity. Recently, a report authored by the United Christian Forum documented over 300 attacks on Christians taking place in just the first nine months of 2021. Without significant intervention by government authorities, 2021 will likely be the worst year on record for Christian persecution in India. When you read an account like that, it makes you appreciate that our so-called troubles in this nation of Australia pale into insignificance uh, in the face of what our Indian brothers and sisters face. Um, the third way we're subject to trials in our life is entirely of our own making because we are dumb, ignorant, proud or ungracious. And it's our words and actions that get us in trouble. We do not heed the advice of James 1.19 which says, Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. Right there I feel that if we put these words into action we would save ourselves a lot of hardship and trouble. Okay, someone once said you've got two ears and one mouth and we should use it in that proportion. The fourth way to trouble is what we could call the internal struggles, the Romans 7 type the ones we wrestle with on a regular basis as we yearn to grow into the likeness of Christ. And yet we find that our past still linger in our, our former character, um, manifest themselves in our thoughts and behaviours. But can I say, let us not be discouraged by this. It actually shows that we are on a journey because there was once upon a time where those things didn't worry us. We just went about our life doing these things and uh, it didn't worry us. We just kept going. But because we struggle with them now, it's showing that we want to change. We're on a journey of, of sanctification where we are growing in these things. And so Paul writes about this in Romans seven fourteen, And we might be able to... Um, connect with this we know that the law is spiritual in verse 14 of Romans 7 but I am unspiritual sold as a slave to sin I do not understand what I do who can relate to that for what I want to do I do not do but what I hate I do and if I do what I do not want to do I agree that the law is good as it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. And that's a lot to take in and I really encourage you to go and, and read 
Romans 7, 14 through to 23 on your own and just meditate on those words and those struggles that Paul is going through himself. And you would think a guy like Paul who wrote the majority of the New Testament, who, who has such wonderful testimonies of, of God's power and work through him, you would think this guy would be on the ball as far as his walk in Christ. But you can see even in him there are struggles within him there are things in his life that he needs to overcome and deal with. And so whatever the cause of these struggles or the trouble we face, we need a secure hope in order not just to hang in there, because I believe God wants more for us than just hanging in there, but to persevere and overcome and rise once again victorious. Amen? You can say amen there. Awesome. And Paul concludes this lament with these words in verse 24. What a wretched man I am. Who's ever felt like that? I have. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Well, listen to this, guys. Verse 25. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so Paul recognised there's a struggle, there's a tension within him. There are things that he's doing that he recognises is not right. And I know we relate to that, because I certainly do in my life and in my walk. But there is, there is an answer, there is a hope. And Paul very clearly says, thanks be to God. Not thanks be to my own self-help or my own determination or my own abilities, but thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. It is our faith in Jesus Christ that helps us persevere, that gives us hope to keep going. And I know this from my personal experience. That is the hope that I have in Jesus that drives me forward, that keeps going, that gives me the strength and the ability to, to walk another day. And I realise sometimes we just need to passively be patient and lay low while the storm passes. There are other times we need to be active and push through. But at all times, the one thing we need is faith. Say faith. Faith. Faith to believe. Okay. Firstly, we need faith to believe that Jesus is walking with us through it all and that we are not alone. Jesus is right there with us. Daniel 3 gives us this assurance. You've heard of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Okay. These were three Israelis who were exiled in Babylon and they refused to bow down at the king's edict to his statue. And because of this they were thrown into a fire. And so they were tied up, thrown into this fire. You can read this in Daniel 3 in your own time. But I'm going to read verse 20, uh, 12 through 25. This is where the story is found. In verse 25 we see this comment. Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. Just remember, there were three guys thrown into the fire. But King Nebuchadnezzar is saying, Hey guys, look, there's four guys walking around in the fire itself would have been a sight to see. But it says this, And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. 
The three men were thrown to the fire and yet there's another man in there with them. And this gives us the encouragement that no matter what fire we find ourselves in, there's faith that Jesus is there with us. Psalm 23 is another scripture that solidifies this in us and gives us this assurance that we are not alone. Psalm 23 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Did you hear those words? Even though I walk through, this is a, an encouraging verse for me. Even though I walk through, it doesn't say, even though I find myself with no way out in the valley of the shadow of death. It says I'm going to walk through. There's an end to it. But it says while I'm in there, you are with me. Jesus, you are with me. And I encourage us to put our faith in this, that you will walk through, you will see the end to these troubles. Because Jesus walks with us. There is that comfort. This assures us that Jesus is the good shepherd who walks with us. Secondly, I want us to have faith by changing our perspective. Changing our perspective. 2 Corinthians 4, 17-18 says, For in our low light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal. Changing our perspective helps us to persevere, helps us to endure, helps us to get through. And I'm going to really embarrass Rhonda here, but I, you know, and uh, if I really wanted to embarrass her, I'd get her to come up and share her testimony. But Rhonda's testimony really encourages me in this point of changing our perspective. Now, her testimony is found in our app, and I really encourage you to go and listen to it how changing her perspective has helped her to persevere and to walk through the troubles that she's faced. It's a great testimony and a great encouragement for anyone who finds themselves in need of that hope. And the third point of faith that we need to contend with is that good will come from the journey. Good will come from this journey. Because Romans 8.28 says, and we know in this scripture... But let me remind you. And we know that in all things, say all things, in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. In all things, God works for the good of those. You know, I was really encouraged by Pastor Micah's message a couple of weeks ago. Well, I was reminded that plans change, but purpose remains forever. You know, there is a purpose for our life. There is a purpose we are here on this earth. One of my life mantras is Jesus' word at his trial. For this cause I was born. I've taken that upon myself. I'm here for a cause, I'm here for a purpose. 
The way I go about it will change in my life, but the purpose of my life remains steadfast and eternal. And I need to keep my eyes focused on that, that even though plans change, my purpose is steadfast. God's purpose for our life does not change. Our plans to outwork this in our life changes often as we walk along our path. There are roadblocks, dead ends, detours that cause us to rethink our plans. But in the end, our purpose to be Christ-like will never change. The fourth point is that faith in Jesus gives us hope. In Hebrews 6.19, hope is called an anchor for our soul. What a tremendous image. The picture of an anchor giving us security and stability to a, to a ship in the midst of a storm. And this is what hope does for us and more. Can I read to you Romans 5, 1-5? Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also suffer in our we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love for us has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Can you see there's a process and perseverance is part of that process. That if you want character, if you want to be of good character, if you want secure hope, then we need to embrace the sufferings in our life. And not give God glory for the sufferings, but give God glory for the hope that we have through those sufferings. Because hope, my friends, does not disappoint. And I know I've shared on this before, but this is something that is very real to me. Hope does not disappoint. You know, we can remain steadfast, trusting God through present difficulties and pains because we know the outcome. We know how the journey finishes. Only with a secure hope rooted in the faithfulness of God will we ever be able to weather the storms in life. And can I say this? God is willing. God is able. God is true to his word. God is faithful. It is our total confidence that Christ will complete the work that he begun in us that will enable us to persevere over a lifetime. Without hope, people give up. And my friends, I've seen too many give up too early. On the verge of breakthrough, I've seen people give up. The Christian life must not only be empowered by faith, but it must also be sustained by hope. Can I say that again? A Christian life must not only be empowered by faith, it must be sustained by hope. 
And so all this points to faith in Christ. Yet I know from experiences that in times of trouble we start to doubt our faith. Those niggling thoughts arise like, God, what did I do to deserve this? Why is this happening to me? I look around, Lord, and those that don't even believe in you are having the time in their life. And here I am in the midst of this trouble. Here's a big question I think we all face at one stage. Do I have enough faith? Is it my lack of faith that has seen me in these troubles? And what do I need to do to see God's word come to pass? These are all questions we ask ourselves, but can you hear the common factor in those questions? Me, myself and I. It's a focus on me. Do I have enough faith? What have I done? What can I do? In times of trouble and trials, we all go there. I get that. I get it. We look at ourselves rather than on Jesus, who, according to Hebrews 12, is the author and perfecter of our faith. So where we fall short, Jesus fills in. So let me just... Uh, share a few more things so that we can take some stuff home with us to think about. And we're going to find this in Hebrews 12 and verse 3. I'll give you a moment to get there. It starts off by saying, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. This tells me that we are not alone. Others have gone before us. Others have faced the same problems we face. And they are now cheering us on. We've all seen the, the pictures at the end of the marathon in the Olympics where the runners run into the stadium. After 42 kilometres, they're running to complete the last 400 metres. And there's a crowd there cheering them on. As soon as they see them enter through the entrance of the stadium, a loud roar goes up and I can just imagine the adrenaline that surges into the body at that point to help them finish that race. My friends, this is what it's like in our war. There is a cloud of witnesses. There are others that have gone before us that are looking upon us and they're cheering us on. You can get through this. You can do this. The end is in sight. Let us take encouragement from that. It goes on to say in Hebrews 3, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. I've got to say there is stuff in our lives that we don't need that are not helpful to our journey. It's not necessarily sin, but it's not helpful. An example of that could be bad or toxic relationships. It could be what we are reading or what we are looking at that is not necessarily sin but it's not real helpful it's one of the main reasons I took myself off Facebook long before Pastor Steve called for a fast on social media I was ahead of the game <laughs> but you know why reading that I was going to say <laughs> rubbish <laughs> was just getting me down it was weighing me down 
it was tripping me up. I found myself with a weight inside me because of all the stupid things I was reading. And I was getting annoyed at people. And I thought, this is not good. I should be loving people, not getting annoyed at them. And so I had to throw it off. And I encourage you to do the same. Yes, it's meaned out, means I've missed out on a bit of information of where people are up to and you, know, you might miss someone's birthday or someone's announcement of a, you know, a baby coming or something like that. But you, know, you find out the important stuff that you need to find out eventually. And then it continues on saying, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Continue. One of those things I found that I learned as a feral jogger is that you know, even in those times when you just couldn't keep running, I could slow down and walk. Okay? It wasn't ideal, but it was still forward motion. It was still forward movement. And there are going to be times in your life where you need to just slow down. You'll realise that. You just need to slow down. You can't keep going at the pace you're going at the moment. You know, it's not a bad thing to slow down. You only run into trouble when you stop and quit. Realise that what you're going through now is part of your journey. And you need to push through it in the strength of Christ to attain the prize at the end. For me, scripture is the key and the best motivation in times of trouble. Scripture and the word of God is your fuel to keep going. It's your petrol to take the next step and to finish that race. For me, there are two or three I'd like to share that I've hung on to in my journey. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It is Christ who gives me strength. Romans 5.5, 5, a scripture I alluded to before, hope does not disappoint. As long as you have hope, you will have strength to keep going. In 2 Corinthians 1.20, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. There is an affirmation of scripture in our heart when we say, yes, Lord, I, I believe what you're saying in this scripture. I say amen to that. Let it be. So be it. And we take it as our own. But getting back to Hebrews 12, verse 2, it says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. This answers the question of, do I have enough faith? Because it was just on, upon our own faith, it's imperfect. Our faith is imperfect and it falls short. But Jesus is the one that makes, makes it up. He's the one that perfects our faith. He's the one that completes it. And in verse 3 of Hebrews 12, it says, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you do not grow weary and lose heart. And again, there is perspective of looking to Jesus 
He walked through the pain and trial of his crucifixion. A life focused on ourselves, either through self-improvement, self-development or self-control, is diametrically opposed to a life focused on Jesus. It is imperative that we are not concentrating on living by faith in Christ but on living by faith in Christ. We're not putting faith in our faith. We're putting faith in Christ. There's a subtle difference. But we can make ourselves nervous wreck and we can shipwreck our journey if all we're worrying about is trying to have enough faith. Trying to conjure up more faith while we are totally missing the object of our faith. We're putting more faith in our faith, you understand what I'm saying, than we are in putting our faith in Christ. An example to help us see the beautiful picture of living in Christ is that of a baby in the mother's womb. There is dependence of the baby upon its mother. It is joined by the umbilical cord. This for us shows us our dependency on Christ. Because for the baby in the womb, it could say, for me to live is mum. Everything I am and everything I have is because of my mum. While she lives, I live as well. In the same way we can say, for me to live is Christ. And my faith is my umbilical cord. While Jesus lives, I'm alive as well. Isn't that a beautiful picture? But perseverance involves a choice. There's a choice to put our faith or put our trust in the unchanging word of God. God's word never changes. Can we just cement that in our thinking? God's word never changes. You know, there are some bombats that think that God's word's not relevant for us in our present day and age. Well, they're one of those fools that find themselves in trouble. But God's word is unchanging. Have full faith that God is true to his word. There's a choice to not allow the enemy through the naysayers and self-proclaimed experts, especially those on Facebook, to cast doubt in our mind and distract us from the truth. There's a choice to deliberately not engage our feelings and emotions and allowing them to dictate our responses to a situation. These are choices we have to make. What are the benefits of choosing to persevere all the way to the finish? Let me finish with these scriptures which gives us two, two outcomes from the desire to persevere. The first we find in James 1 verses 2 to 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, 
whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work. This is the first outcome of persevering. Let it finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. My friends, there's no shortcuts to completeness. There's no magic pill, there's no prayer that is going to make us complete other than to persevere and to walk your journey in faith and that you are not lacking anything. In 2 Timothy 4, 6-8 Paul offers this advice to his son in the faith. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering and the time of my departure is near. This, Paul was writing this in a time where he was in prison and he saw that he was going to be martyred soon. He understood the predicament he was in. Hallelujah. All right. That means you need to listen to these words. Now that I have your attention. I have fought the good fight. Can that be our testimony? I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. What a statement. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. So my friends, we need to build up and strengthen ourselves through the word of God in our journey, whenever we face trouble. You say, well, life's good, you don't need much faith, do you? Life's good, things are going hunky-dory. Yeah. But it's when it's time of hardships. And it could be hardships, you know, from lockdowns. You know, we've, we thought we've had hardships in our life because we had to wear masks. You know, but when you read testimonies of what people face around the world, you know, even this pandemic we're going through at the moment, there is an end in sight. There is hope. So don't get yourselves down. Don't let the devil put discouragement in your heart. Allow hope and faith to rise in your heart as we hang on to Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you this morning, if you have never put your hope in Jesus Christ, then make that decision this morning. It's a starting point. A lot of people tell me, oh, I believe Jesus. Well, that's well and good. The Bible tells us so there's a devil. But it's having faith in Jesus, accepting what he has done for you in your life. That's the starting blocks of your journey. That's where hope starts to build. And so put your faith in Christ Jesus. 
And it's quite simple. You just need to give yourself over to him and confess with your mouth, Lord Jesus, I ask you to be a part of my life. Forgive me of all the wrongdoings. Forgive me of the sin in the life. I want to take hold of those things you secured for me in the cross. I want to put my hope in your word. And I ask you to complete my faith. I ask you to perfect my faith. And then accept that in your heart. Confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that he rose from the dead and you will be saved. Romans 10 tells us this. So I'm going to leave you with that this morning. I believe it's a timely word, not only for myself as I was uh, preparing this, but for all of us who felt we've had to endure a lot of hardship over the last 18 months, two years. Keep going, persevere, walk through that valley. There is an end in sight. Cling to the word of God that he reveals to you through this Holy Spirit. There is a promise that we can hold on to, a promise that gives us hope. And let us be able to say these words of Paul. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that this morning we can come and look at your word and be built up in faith, Lord. Holy Spirit, I pray that you have taken what I have been able to share and uh, empower it in our life. Let it sink into our thoughts and into our heart. Lord, that your purpose for our life never changes. Lord, that you have given us a journey to walk on. And yes, Lord, we're going to meet hurdles, we're going to meet obstacles, we're going to meet times where it just seems too hard. But I thank you, Lord, that you give us the strength. Help us to change our perspective, Lord, if we're looking at the wrong things. Help us, Holy Spirit, to cling to your word. Perfect our faith in this, Lord. Complete our faith as we journey through this with you. These things I pray with my brothers and sisters here this morning and those that have joined us online. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.